I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to today's Chichi Scientist radio show. I'm your host, Isaiah Hankel. And today we're talking about negotiation, specifically the most uncomfortable part of negotiating, which is deflecting the employer's attempts to get you to zero in on a number before they give you a written offer. Now, this is very complex in terms of what happens to you internally, emotionally, psychologically. I would even say uh, you know, deeper to drive home the impact here, biologically, the discomfort that many of us feel, those of us who have not uh, practiced negotiation, we're not familiar with it. As PhDs, we, we want things to be pretty cut and dry. We don't want to play games, so to speak. This isn't a game, though. This is communication. Uh, it's a strategy. It's a transferable skill. Deal-making is a transferable skill. So I'm really going to dig in here to this specific part of negotiating that I have seen, especially recently, trip up multiple PhDs. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of PhDs in our Cheeky Scientist Association Diamond Level Program. I work with them personally, and they'll get to the negotiation stage, and then all of a sudden, everything becomes urgent. Now they want to learn how to negotiate. But of course, we have to dive deeper before that. You have to force yourself to learn how to negotiate. And so one thing that we do is we really go deep into how the conversation progresses. What do the scripts look like? So you can get comfortable. So you're not surprised when they don't just say, oh, okay, you deflected. And now I'm not going to push any further to find out what your salary expectations are. So many of us, we learn very topically to, to give the response, any reasonable offer will be considered and think that's the end of it. They ask us what our salary expectations are maybe during a phone screen, uh, maybe uh, while we're on a site visit. And we say that and they say, well, what's reasonable? And then everything breaks down. <gasps> what? They pushed back again? They didn't uh, respect my initial deflection? You might have to deflect dozens of times, 30 or 40 different times in a single uh, series of conversations during a panel interview. Can you imagine that? What do you do if you're faced with that? Would you be willing to stomach that? Or would you just give in and give a number or agree to a number or give a range or be so terrified that they could withdraw the offer that they write, might really shut down the entire interview uh, if you don't give a number? This is what tends to happen. And then we start to justify to ourselves. We say, and I've had many, many, many PhDs say this to me that they've reached out they never got any training from us, but they reached out and they said, you know, I tried your negotiation techniques. They didn't work. In this case, there was a salary cap. Or, you know, in this case, you know, they responded. They said, we can't move forward in the interview without knowing a number. So your strategies didn't work. What? That, that's a negotiation strategy. Saying there's a salary cap is a negotiation strategy. Saying it's non-negotiable is a negotiation strategy. Saying, oh, it's in this country. Are you telling yourself, oh, because I'm in this country, we don't negotiate here a negotiation strategy, and then your self-justification. Everything is negotiable. You've heard this phrase in your life for a reason. Everything is negotiable. It's just, will you take the time to learn and practice and get comfortable behaviorally? Book learning negotiation is one thing. Practicing and getting comfortable behaviorally, 
getting into the, the situation, having to feel the uncomfortable feelings and go through that over and over again until it becomes okay. That's what it takes to negotiate. So a few things I want to, I want to talk about here. First, failing to negotiate your salary offer is devastating to both your income and your career. Now, the good news is in industry employers, they expect you to, to negotiate. As I said, they, they want you to. If you don't, you're more likely to come across as unqualified, desperate, easy to replace. They might think less of your character, your credibility. Uh, you'll have to work harder to prove yourself after getting hired, if you're hired, that's for sure. So again, deal-making is a key transferable skill. Those at the top of any company have mastered this skill. Networking, deal-making, those two skills are what will drive you to the top of industry. And so as you stay in industry on a long enough timeline, those two skills, they're the ones that will matter in terms of being promoted. Uh, and every step that comes after the, the entry level and the mid-level positions in industry. So the, these points should empower you to follow the first rule of negotiation. Do it. Do it. That said, there are right and wrong approaches, of course. Um, as such, you should learn to negotiate well before you receive that first offer. Right? You need to be ready to deflect prior to having a written offer. Most PhDs erroneously believe that negotiation only comes into play when the company extends that formal job offer. Not true. While it's true you should never bring up salary or concrete numbers until you've received a written offer, you should know that the entire hiring process involves negotiation. Every interaction with the company, right? During every interaction, you should be building a case for why you're the best person for their open position, right? You should be increasing your perceived value and creating leverage for later salary discussions. Now, be aware the company will try to negotiate salary with you by giving you a written offer, right? Any number you provide in this context will hurt you. So before, before a written offer. So the company will negotiate, will do whatever they can to negotiate salary with you before giving you a written offer. You should never negotiate without a written offer because you have no leverage. Never. There's never a case where you should negotiate before having a written offer. Never. So don't look for one. As PhDs, sometimes we look for, we're like, well, I, I really want to find a way that it's okay for me not to negotiate. There's not. Any number you provide verbally, right? Any number that you provide in that context will hurt you. You should prepare to deflect these early attempts. It's early if you don't have a written offer. So every attempt without a written offer. And again, you may have to deflect dozens of times to the same person. If you get too uncomfortable during this process to continue deflecting, you will not be paid what you're worth. If you allow your brain to tell you the story, I did everything that I could and agree verbally to an offer right, or a salary range, you will not be paid what you're worth. You should only discuss salary once the company has decided they want to hire you enough to make you an offer on paper. Again, that's when you have leverage. No written offer, no leverage. No leverage, you lose. You can only come to a win-win deal when both you and the employer uh, uh, have progressed to that written offer, and then you've negotiated. You need to deflect until then. I'm stressing this because, again, most PhDs have no experience negotiating, and they get extremely uncomfortable the first time the employer pushes back by saying, no, we can't negotiate. We have a salary cap. I need a number before we can proceed, anything like that. 
Don't let any of these statements derail your efforts or make you tense. They're just negotiating. Now, I'm going to give you an acronym at the end of it. I'll give you the acronym now. I'll tell you what the acronym means. The acronym, and I came up with this. I had to work really hard to turn it into a word that could be memorable and not completely ridiculous. Dapper. Okay, the acronym is Dapper. This is going to help you when you get into these conversations. Come back to how you should approach your deflection, which is the D in dapper, but I'll come back to that. So the key to deflecting those early attempts at getting you to say a number or to zero in on what offer you want is to keep the discussion relaxed and conversational. If you find yourself getting uptight, take a step back mentally and think to yourself, take it easy. This is fun. Get back to a calm place. Practice deflecting by answering a question with another question. Approach any question with curiosity and add more curiosity to it in a conversational way. Lean into any ignorance or lack of experience you have when it comes to negotiating or just working in industry in general. Uh, don't try to be the smartest person in the room. right? I mean, when it comes to negotiating, there's a, a, a key tenant, a nego negotiation tactic called playing dumb is smart. Okay, what that means is by... By being ignorant, that's not a bad thing. It puts the impetus on the other person to decide. Like they're trying to get numbers and, and do calculations. So I don't really have any reference point for these calculations. This is my first industry job. Right? You might be asked, what are your salary expectations? And you can deflect with, oh, wow, I, I haven't thought about this much yet. I'm more concerned about learning who I'll be working with, learning more about the team and what I'll be doing, the experiences. And that's rooted in reality. You should be. If you start, if you go right into negotiating or talking about money, it's going to make you look greedy and it's going to weaken your negotiation position. So really stay focused on the team, everything you want to learn. That's the, that's the curiosity. Come back. Well, I'm not even sure yet. I, I want to find out more about the company. This is so early. We've, we're only on the phone screen. I haven't even visited, visited the site yet. Any reasonable offer will be considered. That's how you can end any of those initial statements. But talk about right, the alternative, which is finding out about the team, the experiences, the things that matter the most to you right now. And they should. But don't be surprised if the conversation doesn't stop there. Expect pushback. The employer might come back with, I appreciate that. But I really need a number to take to my boss. I really need a number for things to progress. Don't freeze here or get tense. Right? They're, they're just pushing back. They're punting it forward or trying to punt it forward. Instead, just say, ah, I see what you're saying. Well, I defer to whatever you think is reasonable. What do you think I'm worth to the company from what you know right now? Maybe then they'll back off. But do you see how you just staying conversational, asking questions, being curious, not getting tense? They're trying to box you into a corner to make you feel like your only option is to give them a number or a range or to make you justify to yourself why it's okay to give a number or a range. Don't take that bait. You do not have to. It's not an either or question. Come back with curiosity. What, what, what do you think I'm worth? You know, what's possible? So maybe they'll back off. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll come back again and they'll say, maybe they'll get a little bit more firm this time just to see, just to test your resolve. Okay, but seriously, I need to know uh, from you what a reasonable offer is. 
Again, if they get tense, it might be on purpose. Either way, it's good for you if they're getting tense early, as long as you have a walkaway number and haven't put all your hopes and dreams into one company's offer, right? So having a walkaway number before you start negotiation, it gives you uh, a platform to stand on. If you don't even know that you, if, if you don't have a walkaway number, you're not even negotiating, you're begging. If there's not other options and you'll take whatever this company will offer you and you haven't gone to other employers once you've started interviewing with this employer and say, hey, I'm interviewing and set up other interviews. If you don't have multiple job leads, you're in a weakened position in the first place. So number one, avoid that weakened position. Options are levers. Try to have multiple interviews going on at the same time. Getting an interview with one company is leverage to get an interview with another company that you've been talking to. Say, I got an interview with a company, but I really would like to be considered for this role at your company. If we could set up an interview in the near future before the agreement that I have on paper before the deadline hits. All right. So if they, if they come back to you and say, okay, I, seriously, I need to, I need a reasonable salary. They get, they, they try to uh, stand firm here and they get a little bit tense. We can't move forward unless you give me a number. Here's again, where you can say, well, what's possible. You could even add some transparency, right? I'll, 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 I'll touch on this more later. So, well, what's possible. So they'll, they'll give you several attempts, several deflections, right? I mean, the, the conversation could move after that towards salary ranges. We see this a lot. They might say, well, you'll have to at least give me a salary range before we can move forward. Now here, still, it's important to, to stay calm, to, to remember to, to be curious, to play dumb, to keep things conversational. And this is where you can add transparency and it can only help you. Okay. You can actually call out what's going on if, if you do it in a friendly way. You could say, of course, I just thought I'd ask if it would be possible for us to move forward without setting a range in stone for now. I'm asking because I've, I've heard that committing to a range now can be used to offer me a, slow, a lower salary than I'm worth. Is this the case here? So do you see what you did? Now, now you're, not, you're not leaning into like playing the victim, but you're, you're being transparent. You don't want to give a salary range early. You don't want to give a verbal offer early because you don't want to be used against you. Very likely. I mean, this could, for, for many of you listening, be your first industry job you're negotiating. So, so use that as leverage. I just thought I'd ask if it would be possible for us to move forward without setting a range in stone right now. I'm just asking because I've heard that committing to a range, right, that will be used against me to give me a, a lower offer. Is that the case? You see what position that puts them in? So now they have to say, no, that's not the case. And then even if you end up giving them a verbal offer, which you should never do still, but even if you do, you can come back and say, well, you told me this wouldn't, wouldn't be used to give me a lower offer. So what can we do to increase uh, this initial offer you're giving me? So hopefully now, just by going through this, and some of you might be listening to this, getting tense, just listening, just imagining yourself going back and forth with the, with these uh, objections and deflections. So you can see why so many PhDs fail in these types of discussions. They just don't have the, the stomach to deflect. Certainly not multiple times. Deflecting requires staying calm and sitting in that uncertainty and uncomfortableness, but it's worth it. You are worth it. Okay, so what I've noticed is that because of a lack of behavioral practice here, PhDs kind of forget what to do. They, they start getting tense and they don't know how to relax. So I came up with this acronym, DAPPER, D-A-P-P-E-R. Okay. So number one, D, the defer, 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 defer. 
defer to what you want to know instead. You want to know about the experiences. You want to know about what else is possible. You want to learn about the team. Defer, defer. Answer with a question. Whatever they're asking you, you don't have to give an answer. You can ask another question, right? We see, you see people do this all the time, right? When you see like high stakes debates or negotiations or interviews on the TV or otherwise, you see people all the time. Not, and it might be annoying, but it's a way for them not to have to give an answer that they're being boxed into. So if you stay conversational, you can do this. The key is not to get tense when you do it. So if they ask you, you know, I really need to know, you know, what you'd accept before we can move forward in the interview. You say, well, well, I'm not sure. I haven't thought much about it. What's possible? You know, or, or is it possible to move forward? Uh, you know, with with the interview first and come back to this after I learn a bit more about the company. Answer with a question. That's the D and the A in Dapper. P. The first P is play dumb. You know, I I thought about having it say, you know, be ignorant or lean into your ignorance or whatever, but playing dumb is so direct. And I, I want you to seriously stop trying to posture like you're smart and you know everything in every part of your job search because it can hurt you. And in this case in particular, you do not have anywhere near the negotiation experience that the employer does. So you should be playing dumb. You, you actually are ignorant in this area. The second P is possibilities, right? So make possibilities your focus. What's possible? You know, what else is possible here? Okay, we, we, you got boxed into a corner. You think you have to give a number and the interview moves forward or not give a number and then everything is taken away from you. But that's not true. There's a hundred other options. So what else is possible? Is it possible for you to give me a range and for me to tell you whether or not it makes sense for the, the interview to move forward? What else is possible? Even asking that question, what's possible? It's such a powerful question to ask. Or has there ever been, I, I like referring to the past too and making them commit to telling, you know, a, a position where they have to tell the truth and where there's very likely been a scenario where they have moved forward, where they have moved forward in an in interview without giving an offer. I completely understand you wanting to know a number that makes sense. Is there, has there ever been a time where you were able to, where we were able to move forward or you moved forward in an interview without somebody giving a number? Now they're, they, they're going to be in the position initially where they think they have to lie right? And say, no, we've never done that. Or they have to tell the truth and open the door to you saying, well, if you made an exception for them, can we make an exception here? I think I have the skills and the experiences that would warrant such an exception. That's a D-A-P-P. Finally, the E, easy does it. I, I really see PhDs struggle here. They get tense on the inside and they want to relieve that tension. Th that's the game here, really. If there's a game, it's about creating tension and seeing if the other per person has the professional awareness to relieve that tension themselves and not let themselves, again, get boxed into an A or B answer. So always just say, easy does it. Nobody can force you to do anything. You have plenty of other options. You have a walkaway number. You know wh what your number needs to be. It's very unlikely that they're going to say, especially if you're in a phone screen interview, like if they do this by email, it's so early, right? I mean, just give what, if you're uploading a resume, they'll ask you your salary expectations, just put a zero, right? The lowest range, whatever. I mean, if it's by email and they won't even have a conversation by email, just say, you know, whatever you think is fair is fine. Give a range, whatever. If it's that early, it's only on paper. 
Fine. We're talking about when things have progressed to a conversation, when you're talking to somebody on the phone, this is in real time. So easy does it, right? Just like if you put in zero, when you upload your resume online, you can come back and say, well, I, I just did that because I wanted you to consider my resume. I think I'm a great fit for this job. And I didn't, I didn't want my lack of experience in salary ranges to prevent you from seeing my resume. And then finally, the R, reframe. Constantly reframe it. You know, like by asking the employer, well, what do you think I'm worth? It reframes it. It makes it about, you know, what's your salary range to what's your worth? So always come back to how you can reset, reframe. Now, a lot of these are connected. You know, you could defer and play dumb with a question that raises additional possibilities and reframes everything all at the same time. But this acronym should help you dapper, defer, answer with a question, play dumb, possibilities, focus on those, easy does it, and reframe. If you want to learn more about getting hired into industry, interviewing, negotiating, I would love to talk to you on the phone. You can apply to talk to me or one of my transition specialists on a free transition call. Now, you have to apply, and it's only for people who are 100% committed to transitioning into industry. If you've made this commitment to transition now, uh, after you defend your thesis, when your postdoc runs out, whether you needed a job yesterday or in several years from now, I would love to talk to you about where you're at in your transition, uh, what qualifications you have. Uh, I'll, I'll help you really understand what your value is in the job market currently, and then where you need to get to to actually transition. We'll explore companies and roles that are a good fit for you based on your PhD background, your circumstances, the country you want to get hired in, or the, the more uh, regional location. I would love to talk to you about this. You can go to cheekyscientist.com. Right at the top of the page is a yellow banner that invites you to apply for a transition call. You do have to apply. I would love to, for to take a minute to do that. Apply for a transition call. I'd love to get on and talk to you. I get on as many of those calls as I can. No matter what you decide to do, I want you to remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional.